Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Let me just clarify up front. Now, I know all the ladies are like, well, I don't. I got to get out a jail-free card for the next two or three weeks. I don't have to come to church. This is applicable to everybody in the house. This is applicable whether you're a child, whether you're a woman. This, and we're not, we're not de-emphasizing the role that women have in the home. We're not de-emphasizing the role that they play in society and in our church. How many men thank God for women? Amen. That's, you can, that's a good place to say. How many thank God for your woman and your mother? <laughs> there we go. I thank God for the ladies in my life and, and, and women and what you do in our culture. But at the beginning of the year, the Lord specifically gave us a mandate that this was the year of the man. This was the year that we were to be intentional in investing in men and strategizing to reach men. How I many know you typically, usually, so goes the man, so goes the family, most of the time. Now, I know God can, can and, and there's, we've got a lot of single moms in the house, a lot of single grandparents, a lot of uh, single ladies who are raising children. I understand that. And again, this is not at all de-emphasizing you and your calling, but I do want to emphasize what God sees in a man and what a man's role is and kind of define that from a biblical standpoint. Who, who better to define masculinity than the one who created it, our Father God? And so let's pray today. Let's get into our Bible. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we can be men and women after your own heart. Thank you so much for this revelation that is in your word. And this morning we pray Colossians uh, 3.16 that it would richly dwell among us, Lord. We pray James 1.22 will be doers of your word, not just people that hear, but will put it into action. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A man after God's own heart. And again, if you're in the house or listening on our podcast and you are not a man, this will help you, this will bless you. There's tons of principles you can get from this. But I do want to kind of pick on the men for a few weeks. Ladies, is it okay to pick on the men for just a few weeks? We're going to pick on the men. for. Candy is very excited about this. So this, this, uh, this term that you've heard, a man after God's own heart, it comes directly from the Bible. And Pastor Michael will be looking at Scripture a little bit more next week. But Acts chapter 13, let's look at verse 20. This is our key verse for this entire series, Acts chapter 13. In verse 20, it says, After these things God gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. And then they asked for a king. This is talking about the people of Israel. God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And then verse 22, God had to remove Saul. You understand that whole process there. And it says, He raised up David. Now, notice this, God removed and God raised up. There is a problem when we try to raise ourselves up. I'm not one big on self-promotion. I believe God should promote you. God should raise you up. God should send you out. It says, I've, I've testified of David. David was their king. I have found David, the son of Jesse. Look what God said about David. Now, how many of you all know David was kind of a messed up dude? You're going to hear more about that next week, but David was not... Uh, you know, he wasn't the Mary Poppins of the Bible. I mean, David had some major, major issues. But yet David had something right in his heart. David had, And that's the thing that I, I lean on, friends, is I may not do everything right. I may not be the best at everything. But I thank God that there's something in my heart. I have a good heart. I know I do. I have a right heart towards God. Even though my actions may not always line up towards it, I always go back to, Lord, you know my heart. The Bible declares that God found David, and it says, a man after my heart. God self-declared that David was a man after his own heart. Can God look down at you in your life? 
and say, you are a person after my own heart, and he will do all my will. And so what I want to kind of hit for the next few weeks, men, is, is just, frankly, this is one of my deepest desires. I want to be known as a man after God's own heart. I want to be known as a church that follows after the heart of God. And, and this series is going to help us in a lot of ways. Let me know that, that we need a new definition of masculinity. If the church does not define what it means to be a man, then our godless, chaotic culture will define what it means to be a man. And to our young men and to our boys and to our older men, this is what society says. Society is, is an erotic society. It's sexually charged. Society and entertainment says that masculinity is womanizing. We see this in the James Bond films and a lot of the movies. And, 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 and it's just a, a more of a stoic and an emotional distance in men. It, men you know, are not supposed to cry and men are not supposed to feel emotion and men are supposed to be hard and insensitive. Culture portrays manliness as a hunger for greed and a hunger for power and a hunger for control. Culture depicts manliness as, as get better and get faster and get stronger at anyone else's expense. Push anyone down to climb to the top. And God has a different role for men. I, we were talking in our men's breakfast at the journeyman's breakfast just yesterday about the decay in society. And we can all point back to the breakdown in the home. We can all point down. Now, I know we have a lot of uh, blended families in our house today. We have a lot of different folks in different walks of life. And so through this series, I'm by no means casting stones at you. Maybe you found yourself in a bad situation and, and in a broken home. And so this is not to say that there's not hope for you. But what I'm giving is I'm giving our young men like Branson something to aim for. Can I have an amen? I'm giving our, our teenagers and our college students in the house. I'm given Mo. Come on, don't you love Mo? Man, I love Mo. Don't y'all love Mo? That's a good place to clap. We do love Mo, I promise. We got a lot of Mo, amen. We love Mo. Maurice, okay, they didn't know who Mo was. It's Maurice. Don't we love Maurice? That's, that's why they were confused. We love Mo. We love Maurice. But Maurice, this, this, I'm going to lay this out for him in a way that this can help his future. If you get a hold of what I'm going to say, we got young men in the house that, that have, have, have been fortunate to not go down wrong paths and wrong roads. And, and we've got some men who have been down wrong paths, and this will help us get on the right path. And we've got men who love God, love their families, and this will help us stay on track. We're going to let God define culture. I, I'm asking the real men of God to stand up in our culture. I'm asking the real men of God to stand up for your family, the real men of God to stand up for your church. And the Bible gives us some very clear things. So I want to jump in today. What we're going to do is just look at some men in the Bible, look at some characteristics of what they did well and what they failed in. And we're going to travel through a number of examples. And we're going to start today with Adam and Cain. And this is going to be a blessing to you. So number one, let me give you some mappings to making a mighty man. Mappings to make a mighty man. And have me know alliteration is our friend around here. Praise God. It was, I've been working on this series for a while, and it was just last night on the way home from a family reunion in Kentucky that the Lord dropped this in my heart. I kept saying, Lord, don't let me down. You give me alliteration every time. Don't let me down. I was, I was to the point where like, how to be a good man. I was like, this is so boring. I can't bring this how to be a good man. And the Lord gave me mappings to make a mighty man. And so how me know the Lord never lets us down. Can I have an amen? So the first mapping, and I checked with Susan to make sure mappings can be plural, and it is, and it can, in case you're wondering. She's already proofread the text. So the first mapping to be a mighty man is this. Number one, finish strong. 
Now, these are not necessarily in order of importance as far as this is what you do first, second. These are in order of the character traits of the men. And I really didn't know how to start the study, Tyler, except chronologically. So I started in the very beginning, started reading about Adam and some things there and Cain. And I'm going to bring some things out today that, that maybe you've not seen before. Number one, we've got to finish strong. I want to show you a scripture that is kind of depressing. Look at Genesis chapter 5 and verse 5. How many know Adam was given charge over all creation. Adam was the father of all the, the world. Adam was given a perfect relationship with God. But Adam, through the fall, we understand what happened. Uh, I, the thing that has gripped my heart as, as I'm studying this is Adam's life is basically unremarkable. You would think that Adam would have a tremendous uh, legacy and what he would do with God. And, but Adam lived over 900 years, and there's not a lot said about Adam or what he did or what, what kind of things he implemented for the kingdom of God. The Bible declares, so in the days of Adam, he lived for 930 years, and he died. Adam lived, and he died. Men, we must finish strong. How many marathon runners in the house? Robin, I see that hand. James, I see that hand. <laughs> Amen. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, two hands. You know, it's easy to start a marathon. Everybody in the room could start a marathon. And maybe some, Kelly's like, no, I would not even cross the starting line. <laughs> Everybody but Kelly in the house could start a marathon. <laughs> but, it's, it, you know, we could go a mile. Some of us could go two. Maybe somebody like Jim could go three. I mean, we, you know, we could make it. But, but over the long haul is where we see the character. Over the long haul is where we see the success. The Christian life, ladies and gentlemen, you'll see this on the screen, is not a 100-yard dash. Being a man of God is not a sprint. It's not a hundred-yard dash. This is a marathon, and the, the godliness and the character that's produced in your life happens over the long haul. Now, we talk about Adam and his existence, and it's, it's basically, I, I can't pinpoint and say Adam didn't finish strong, but I can say there's an absence in Scripture that he, he really redeemed his life and made his life count. Honestly, the thing that the Bible says about Adam is he kept having kids. He had kids, and he existed, had kids, and then he died. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, so he fulfilled one element. God did say be fruitful and, re, you know, plenish the earth there and fulfill the earth. But we just don't see a lot there. And we see even, even more in his family. How many of you have heard of Cain? Anybody ever heard of Cain? How many of your mother and dad used to say, quit raising Cain? And, of course, that came from Cain in the Bible. Cain did not have the best reputation when it came to New Testament writers. Look at this in, I believe it is uh, 1 John chapter 3. The New Testament writers did not really have a great thing for the way Cain ended. Cain was one generation removed from perfection. Cain was one generation removed, one, one level, one layer removed from the man who walked with God in the cool of the day. But yet the Bible says, for the message which you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Look at verse 12. John did not care about Cain. He said, not as Cain. I'm telling you to love one another, but not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. Cain had a, had a decent start, had a good family, but Cain did not finish well. When I say these names, what comes to mind? Bill Cosby. You can keep your comments to yourself. Harvey Weinstein, just some pop culture recent thing. Sporting world, what about Barry Bonds? Any, Barry Juice, anybody ever heard of that? You have now Lance Armstrong. You're like, who's Lance Armstrong? Just Google it. These are people who started great. Ladies and gentlemen, they did not finish well. They did not finish strong. 
Now, on the flip side, when I say this, what comes to mind? Mother Teresa. How about Billy Graham? We're, we're all going to die unless Jesus comes back. We're all going to meet death. And people, Jesus is coming back unless Jesus returns before you die. Let me clarify that statement. I believe in the intimate return of Christ. Amen. But we're all going to taste death. What will be said of you? Will there be an asterisk beside your name? Man, he had a great start. Had a great family, great raising, or but he just didn't finish well. Or will it be said he had a lousy start, lousy parents, didn't have a didn't have anything, but he finished well. It doesn't matter how you start; it matters how you you finish. Let me give you just a couple of scriptures. Yeah, Amen. Just a couple of scriptures here, and then we'll we'll let you go for today. Of course, I've got thirty-two subpoints under this point, but I'm just Second <laughs> Timothy four five. You know, if we think about saints in the Bible who finished well. We cannot overlook the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a terrible start. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you had a rocky start, God is redeeming it now. Maybe you had lousy dads or lousy moms, or maybe you had a lousy situation growing up. God is redeeming that now. And by God's grace, you can finish strong. You do not have to be a casualty of your circumstances. You can finish strong. There is a group of people in this room that believes that you can finish strong. And the Apostle Paul had a, had a bad start. He was a Christian killer. He was the number one persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ. And he, he had an encounter with Jesus. And notice this. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, be sober in all things. He's ending his life. Second Timothy is the last book that Paul wrote. Paul had a numerous years of ministry, went through numerous trials and hardships, was beaten with rods, was burned, I mean, just all kinds of things. Shipwrecked, hungry, just suffered so much for God. Notice this here, he told Timothy, his son in the faith, he's ending his life. This is like when you were with your mom or dad and they were getting ready to go on to be with the Lord or your grandparents and they were telling you some things and, and investing in you and, and we need to pay attention to the last words of a man. This is some of the last things that the Apostle Paul ever wrote. He said, be sober in all things. Suffer hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill thy ministry. Look at the next verse here. For I am already being offered. I'm being poured out like water. For the time of my departure is come. The time is at hand. Look at verse 7. I have fought the good fight. This is Paul saying, I am going to finish well. I'm not going to have my name marred. I'm not going to have my character marred. I'm not going to have everything that I've worked for and lived for and given my life for discredited. He says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've finished the race. Man, if I could have every man and boy in the room just look at my eyes, please. Finish the race. Finish the race. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let society pull you down. Don't blow your character with a moment of weakness. Finish strong. I have kept the faith. Look at verse 8. He declares, Therefore this is laid up for me now the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, not only to me, but to all of them who loved His appearing. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it really doesn't matter how you start. Little Levi had a rough start, but he's going to finish strong in Jesus' name. We declare that over him. Amen. And you may have had a great start, but a great start doesn't equal a great ending. 
you got to choose. you got to make some choices. And if we're going to be men of God, we've got to finish strong. I want every one of you to make it to heaven. I want every one of you to take your family with you. I want every one of you to be a man of God who stands up in society. And we refuse to go down the road of those who have given up their testimony. And we're going to finish strong. How did Paul do that? Look at Philippians 3. Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I've already obtained it. Or that I've already become perfect. But I press on. Come on, men, are you getting this? Ladies, I hope you're getting this. I'm going to press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ was laid hold of by by Jesus Christ. Now look at the next verse. Verse 13 declares this. Verse 13 says, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Meaning I've not arrived. I've not arrived. I still have a journey. I've not arrived. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and I reach forward what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I'm determined. Let me give you some words here that I thought of as we get ready to wrap this session up today. And you've got to come back next week because we're going to really dive into some great things concerning the life of David and how God used him. So here's some things that I get from this passage 2 Timothy 4 and Philippians 3. Number one, just write this down. It's not on the screen, but he was faithful to God. He was faithful to God. He made a commitment to follow the Lord. Second thing I noticed is he fought the good fight. Notice the word fight. Notice it takes energy. It takes determination. It takes boldness. It takes character. We're in a fight for our families, men. We're in a fight. We're in a fight for this nation. We're in a fight for the gospel. And then he talked about a faith. He put his faith in God. He believed in God. And he believed in the future reward. So let me leave you today with this PowerPoint for life. We're talking about finishing strong. We can't say that Adam finished well. We can certainly say that Cain, according to what we can see, did not finish well. What's going to be different in our life? How are we going to finish strong? How are we going to finish strong? The future fruit of your family. Well, I'm, I'm 13. I'm not even married. You will have a family one day. You will have influence. Even if you don't have biological children, look at the kids in this room. You have influence. Notice this here. The future fruit of your family depends on your faithfulness today. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I'm going to be faithful to my children. I'm going to be faithful to my church. I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to be disqualified from serving God. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to finish well. And that's something we can learn from Adam and Cain. Amen? Say this when we say, I'm going to be a finisher. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be derailed. It will be said of me. It will be said of me. It will be said of me that I finished strong in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for your grace this morning. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love for us and your calling to finish well and to finish strong. Lord, I didn't have a lot of time this morning to go into details on step A, B, and C, and how to finish well. But Holy Spirit, you know what to put in the heart of every man, every, every lady, every child. We make a commitment, Lord. We're going to run your race. We pray for the stamina. We pray for the energy. We pray for the conviction to stay true to the course. I just hear that in my heart for you, church family, especially you men. Stay true to the course. Stay true to the course. 
Don't take side roads. Don't take detours. Stay true to the course. God has your path mapped out for you. And you can be a mighty man. You can be a mighty woman of God. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me in this attitude of prayer for just a moment?